You are listening to Hope Alive, streaming live from Hope Restoration Ministries, Kempton Park, South Africa. But then anyway, so that is how we kick off the show, Pushing Boundaries. Today, we are actually doing part two of Christianity and Ancestors. I've, I've, I've had good feedback about the, the show we had last week. It was very interesting, right? But then let me tell you also what we're having at 7 o'clock. I'm going to be speaking to Pastor T. Remember, we once had her uh, during this whole lockdown uh, sessions, you know, with the government, but then now... Uh, women are actually marching to the union buildings on the 25th of September to demand for the churches to be fu- to be opened like to full capacity, to full capacity. So we're going to be having her at 7 o'clock. We're going to talk about that. Yeah, the same question we asked the other time. Should women of the cloth, because they're not only, it's not men now, women of the cloth, should they march, you know? Should we go and march and demand for the government to open the churches? So that is what we are going to be tackling at uh, 7 o'clock. But then, as I've said, uh, when we started and last week, that uh, this year, no, not this year, this month, why am I already going to another year? Wow, Jehovah sees. <laughs> so what we are doing is that um, we're doing a four-part series, right? Um, we're doing a four-part series where we're talking about Christianity as well as ancestors. So last week, we had uh, Apostle Popela uh, to come and lay the groundwork for us. Which, what is it? What are ancestors, basically? That one, it was just a clear laying of the ground. So because we have turned it into a four-part series, so today we are on part two. So part two, we're actually talking about dreams. Yeah, we do dream of the departed, hey? <laughs> so today we're going to understand when, when the departed, the ancestors, speak to us in dreams, what should we do? What, what must happen? Is it them? Is it God? What happens? Like basically we're just speaking about dreams. And you know that I am Hashem, I'm not an expert. Me, all I know is to talk, 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 talk here on the wireless. So I have uh, the pleasure of having with me uh, Pastor Ivan Krishna. Yes, to take us through this whole process to explain basically what the scriptures say and some of his experiences that he's had in his, in his walk with God and the people that he interacts with. So yeah, if you do have anything to say or you have any questions, please do hit us up on 067-153-1089. That number again, it's 067-153-1089. Yeah, let's get to it. Uh, Pastor Ivan, good evening. How are you? Pastor Ivan, can you hear us? I don't know what NK pressed, but yeah, he's fixing it. <laughs> Pastor Ivan, can you hear us now? Let us check that audio once again. Can you hear us, Pastor Ivan? Hello? Yes, perfect. Can you hear us clearly now? I can hear you clearly. Thank you so much. No, that is perfect. I was just greeting you. How are you? How has your day been and your week as uh, overall? It's been good, thank you. Yeah, I've had a frenetic week, but um, by the grace of God, yeah, I'm able to be here today. Mm-hmm. No, that is good. That is perfect. So t- to lay the groundwork, um, Pastor Ivan, can you tell us what is the work that you do and where you are actually based? So I am a pastor at um, Pentecostal Outreach Fellowship in Newlands West, mm-hmm. and I also teach at the Durban Bible College. We have uh, both the day school and the evening class, and I teach uh, at both those um, centers. Um, I also work for a nonprofit organization that is involved in nutrition amongst preschool children. 
that is that is that is good. So yeah, I I heard the word teacher there, and I was like, it means we're going to learn it today. So my pen and notebook they are ready <laughs> as we're going to learn on this very crucial issue. So now, Pastor Ivan, we. We are, we are doing a four-part series basically about, you know, ancestors and then we've broken it down. And I remember when I reached out to you, I said that, no, I would love to talk about dreams in terms of the ancestors. So for you, can you talk us through wha- who communicates to us through dreams, basically? I think we should go a step uh, back mm-hmm. um, and just understand what exactly is the whole belief system behind ancestor worship or ancestor veneration Mm -hmm. uh, and then unpack that into the various components and I think that's important to to look at the big picture before we look at the individual components of it Mm -hmm. so so there are many people that believe in in contacting ancestors for a number of reasons and I'd like to just go through those if I can Mm. the first reason why people would contact uh, ancestors would be for protection Mm -hmm. and so it seems like that um, ancestors were passed on, were departed, are able to wield some kind of authority, Mm. having some kind of power over the events uh, of the life of their relatives that they've left behind. Mm. And so because of that, uh, people that are still on the earth, left behind, seek protection from ancestors. Mm. And they think that the ancestors can also help to keep the family together. and, And somehow that becomes the most important concern of ancestors Um, after they leave to keep the family still intact. Another reason, so not only protection, but another reason would be there seems to be the understanding that if you contact ancestors, departed ancestors, they're able to become a mediator, intermediary Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. between God and the relatives that are left behind. So somehow that connection between God and the people that are left behind is is, um, believed to have been given uh, to ancestors as their primary role. And um, I'm not going to debunk any of this here. I'm just going to give you what they believe. Yeah. They also believe that the the ancestors uh, provide great benefit for the family that they've left behind and they're able Mm. to intercede on behalf of the people that they left behind to God for the benefit of the family. Another, what I find in the rural areas is that there's also a very great a degree of fear mm. for ancestors that have uh, departed. True. And that fear, if it is not uh, met with some kind of appeasement, yeah. um, in other words, if, if the ancestors are neglected and not worshipped, then there's the fear that they will cause disease and misfortune to the families that they've left behind. Mm. Furthermore, and this is what you were alluding to earlier, furthermore, there's the belief that ancestors still communicate and can communicate um, with people on the earth through various means, through dreams, mm. and even in some cases by possessing certain individuals. Mm. So that communication from the other world um, with this world is the role of the ancestor. Yeah. And then I think finally, the probably the biggest area of um, of why people contact ancestors is because they they look for guidance and help um, through this world. And so they they feel that ancestors have a greater understanding, yes. a greater awareness of things, and are able to provide guidance and wisdom for big decisions in life. Mm. Hmm. 
Okay, I, 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 I like how you, you, you broke it down as in like the people who actually worship ancestors, what are their beliefs? And I like how when you're speaking about guidance, we have this feeling that, you know, experience is the best teacher. So people would say, uh, my ancestors have been, have lived, so they know what to expect or how to handle certain uh, situations. So as, as we're going to go into the whole dreams part and the whole communications, I got a question throughout the week when I was punting um, this conversation. Someone was like, if a child has passed away, do we also <laughs> are they also referred to as ancestors? Because most of the time we think of ancestors as the older generation. Yeah, so the older people are considered to have acquired the wisdom of this life. And when they pass over, mm. they're able to help those who are left behind. So it's very rare that I would hear anyone talk of um, children being able to help them having died. But certainly the older people have the wisdom and the maturity to help those who have been left behind. Mm, no, that is clear. That is a clear explanation there. So now, to the crux of the matter, uh, Pastor, when, you know... We, most of the time we would hear people that I have dreamt. I've dreamt of my father, my late father, for example, my late sister, my grandmother, so and so speaking to me in the dreams. And we, d as Christians, we do know that God communicates to us in various ways, including dreams as well. So if the departed come through in the dream and speak to me, is it safe to say that message is from God or that message is certainly not from God? Yeah, so I must uh, again just go back a step and mm. talk about biblical Christianity and what is known as syncretism. So syncretism is a mixture or a blending of Christianity and other traditional beliefs. Mm. And so you get cultural beliefs and, and all cultural cultures have their own belief system. Where you have a blending of culture and theology or the Bible and culture you have what is known as syncretism, and mm. we need to be very careful. Mm. The Bible is the final authority. It is the only inspired book and the only authoritative book that God has given to us. Yes. It is an objective authority. That means it is not subjective in the sense of dreams and personal prophecy and personal feelings and so on. Mm -hmm. The Bible is objective. It can be read by multiple of people and read together in... Um, trying to find its true meaning. Mm. Whereas a dream is uh, experienced by one person and that one person's word has to be given as the final authority. Mm. Now, the Bible does not say that we should rely on personal or subjective authorities. In mm. fact, in 2 Peter chapter 1, when Peter recounts his experience on the Mount of Transfiguration in Matthew 17, yes. you may recall in Matthew 17 where Peter, James, and John were taken up by the Lord Jesus up the mountain and this is known as the Mount of Transfiguration. Mm -hmm. There they meet uh, Moses and Elijah who are in their glorified state. Yes. And the Lord Jesus, for a moment, he lifts the curtain and he's glorified before them and he shows his true essence. Mm -hmm. um, Peter, in 2 Peter chapter 1, when he's recounting that experience, he says, even that experience, as great and wonderful as that experience has been for him, he says, when it comes to authority, I cannot rely even on that personal experience I had with the Lord Jesus, with Peter, with uh, James and John, having met with Moses and Elijah. He says in 2 Peter chapter 1, he says, the final authority, even above his own personal testimony mm. of going up the mount, mountain, is the word of God. And the word of God is our final authority. And I want to stress that. 
There are many subjective opinions and uh, perspectives and so on. And let me also say that on these matters, matters of life and death, of matters of life after death, when it comes to uh, spirits and angels and demons, mm. we don't want to listen to speculation. We certainly don't want to listen to tradition or culture or wise words of sages and gurus or any other mortal. When it comes to these, these um, metaphysical matters, we want to trust in what God says. Yes. And God has spoken, he has spoken objectively, mm. um, definitively in the word of God. And the word of God is our final uh, authority. Mm. It speaks with authority on these matters. Yes. Anything outside of the Bible becomes mere speculation. Mm. And I really want to emphasize this. Mm. We cannot go on speculation and make beliefs out of speculation, make beliefs out of wise words of mere mortals. Mm. We need God to speak on these issues. Mm. And when God speaks, that becomes the final word on that matter. Yeah. I'm also going to say that um, there is a major distinction that needs to be seen and understood between the kingdom of light yeah. and the kingdom of darkness. In this world, there is a kingdom of darkness. Mm. And the kingdom of darkness is controlled by, as 1 John chapter 5, verse 19 says, or 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4 says, this kingdom, the kingdom of darkness, is controlled by, is energized by, is inspired by the arch enemy of God. Mm. And his name is Satan. He's an evil being, he's opposed to righteousness, he's opposed to the truth of God, and he seeks to bring confusion in this world. But having said that, he's a powerful being. He's a created being, but a powerful being. He's certainly nowhere near the power and authority that God has. In fact, Satan is merely a, a dog on a short leash. He's an instrument of God. God uses him to accomplish his, uh, accomplish his purposes in this world. But having said that, Satan does have a lot of authority. Mm. And having understood that, we need to realize that children of God belong to the kingdom of light. Mm. In the kingdom of light, the sole authority is God. Yes. And God has given us objective uh, authority in his word. And so we live by God and his word. The children of darkness live by everything else that's outside of the Bible. Mm. Where you have so-called children of God borrowing from culture and borrowing from tradition and from the kingdom of darkness, they cannot be said to be true children of God mm. because a true child of God will live by what God says and nothing else. Mm. No, I, I, I hear that in Pundis and I like how you, you know, today I did say that I'm, I'm writing, I, I have two pages full now, <laughs> how you are actually teaching us and breaking it down, uh -oh. saying that the truth the, the 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 person who has the final word is actually God. So I think you're muted. Am I muted? Can you hear me now? Uh, it's him who's uh, pa Pastor Ivan. Can you hear me now? Uh, Pastor Ivan. Okay, I can hear you. You can <laughs> hear me now. Okay, perfect. Hey, gremlins for IR. What can we say? <laughs> We're going to get Sorry, it. Did you get everything I said? Yes, we. I got everything that you said, and you emphasized that God has the final authority. So that one, yes, we, we did get that one. So now, Pastor, 
let's say there is a person who's listening to us, right? They don't know God or they've just received Christ as their Lord and Savior. But they are still confused as in how does God communicate to us as his children? So that's a very good question. Um, and ultimately, it's going to be the relationship of the person um, that will determine their sensitivity when God speaks to them. Yeah. I must say at this time that it's, um, as Peter says in 2 Peter chapter 1, mm. we must always understand that personal experiences, whether it's dreams or visions or perhaps experiences or prophecy or any of those things, all of those personal experiences must be subordinate to mm. the word of God. The word of God speaks objectively and finally on all matters. Yeah. And so when there's uncertainty or lack of clarity when it comes to whether your dream is from God or not, mm. then you need to go back to the word of God. Okay. And through prayer, you can get confirmation. God will give confirmation that he has spoken to you. So if you start allowing yourself to be led by, by dreams and visions and all kinds of other voices, then you open yourself up to a wide array of voices. And you, you, could, you could be led by, by the, the true spirit of God, or you could be led by false spirits, evil spirits. Mm. And so it is very important, therefore, not to base your confidence on subjective feelings and experiences, mm. on uh, dreams and visions and voices you've heard. Now, whilst I say all of that, God does speak to us and he speaks to us through dreams and through visions. And he speaks to us in the inner voice. He does speak to us. The spirit of God um, speaks to us in our thoughts in a special and wonderful way. Yes. Um, and whilst all of that is true, for a new believer, my advice would be um, for that believer to grow in the word of God, to mature in prayer and in fellowship and to seek the advice and counsel of the mature believer or, or pastor or elders of the church before starting to be led by every voice he or she hears or every dream or vision that he has, you see? So it's very important that they're not uh, misled at, at an early age in their Christianity mm. by subjective experiences. Okay, <laughs> we're getting somewhere there. So, uh, Pastor, okay, so we've had this um, um, a question that was raised last week and even during the week, the course of the week when I was punting the conversation, where someone was asking that, what happens then? Let's say I'm sleeping, right? And then I dream of my late sister or my late father warning me that they are burglars, you know, coming to rob us or whatever. And then I wake up, the moment I have that dream, like they're actually waking me up, I can see clearly that this is my father, this is my sister, and I know that they have, they're late. And when I wake up, I find this robot outside my house trying to pull maybe the burglar door or the security system. So what do we make of such instances where the message is good, the message is true, or the message comes to pass, but it's not... <laughs> It's not from God, if I can use that word. It's from the departed. What is happening there? Okay, so you've touched something at the end, touched on something at the end, which I need to talk about. Yeah. The Bible says that when a person dies, mm -hmm. they either go to heaven or to hell. Mm -hmm. And there's no way they can come back to All this right. earth. Okay. 
Okay. So that's the starting point. The starting point is the departed spirits do not have re-entry into this planet. Mm. They, when they die, they go either to heaven or they go to hell. Now that's found in a number of passages. Yeah. Philipp Philippians chapter one, one uh, chapter one, twenty-one to twenty-three. Second Corinthians five. Mm. Verse 10, Luke chapter 16, verse 19 through to the end of the chapter, I think it's verse 31. Immediately when Lazarus and the rich man were, were died, they were taken away to the next life. Mm. Lazarus went into Abraham's bosom, which is a picture of paradise, and the rich man went to Hades. They do not have access to come back, uh, back to the earth. So that needs to be understood very clearly. The word of God is final on this, is clear on this, that you do not have the access to re-enter this planet. Okay, so you need to know that. Mm. The next question is, if you are hearing voices and getting dreams, what are the likely sources of these dreams, voices, visions, whatever? Mm -hmm. As a Christian, you're either receiving voices from God, God is speaking to you, or it could be the evil one, the enemy, Satan, trying to... Um, trying to speak to you and confuse you and mislead you. Mm. So that would be on a Christian side. Yeah. On the unbeliever's side, all the voices that the unbeliever would be hearing, even though it might sound like their departed relative, yeah. it is not the voice of their departed relative. This is the voice of demon spirits that are masquerading as their, as their relative. There are cases where I think recently not recently, some time back, I should say, there was a program on TV where um, the audience members would contact this person and this person would then contact the, the dead relative and they would want yes, to have some kind yes, of communication <laughs> yeah, with that person. And so you have that a lot. People, they, they approach these mediums, they call mediums or sorcerers. Yes, yes. You go to these mediums for the purpose of speaking to your loved one. And there's a lot of pain. We need to understand that from a pastoral perspective. Mm. There's a lot of hurt and pain and the vacuum that's created in the heart of the, the bereaving one. Mm. And so they really would like to communicate with their loved one who has departed. And so they try by all means to contact them, even if the means is, is not totally acceptable. And some Christians are doing this as well. Mm. It is forbidden. It is forbidden in the scriptures, absolutely forbidden in the scriptures to contact the dead. Mm. That, that needs to be that needs to be said quite clearly. It yes. is absolutely forbidden to contact the dead. In fact, in many verses, let me give you a few. Mm -hmm. In Jeremiah 27, verse 9, it says, Do not listen to false prophets, yes. fortune tellers, interpreters of dreams mediums and sorcerers do not listen to them they are all liars and their lies would leave, lead you to being driven out of the land mm -hmm. so god is speaking very very strongly and firmly on that mm -hmm. um and and many other verses yes in um, exodus 22 verse 18 the, it is so strong in exodus 22 verse 18 he says you must not allow a sorceress to live so god wanted them dead that's how bad it was. This is Exodus chapter 22, verse 18. In Leviticus 20, verse 6, mm. the Lord says, I will turn against those who commit spiritual prostitution. Mm -hmm. So to go to a medium, to go to someone who is going to contact the dead, is to commit spiritual prostitution. Mm -hmm. And that's quite serious. It means we are meant to be married to God. That's what the Bible says, right? Mm. God is meant to be our husband. 
when we go after other gods, false gods, then we're committing a form of adultery. Mm. And it's not physical adultery, sexual adultery. This is spiritual adultery. So to contact the dead through a medium, God calls spiritual prostitution. Mm. It goes on to say, I will turn against those who commit spiritual prostitution by putting their trust in mediums or in those who consult the spirits of the dead. I will cut them off from the community. Mm. In Leviticus 20 verse 27, men and women among you who act as mediums or who consult spirits of the dead must, notice the word, must be put to death by stoning. Mm. They are guilty of a capital offense. Mm. In Deuteronomy chapter 18 verse 10, do not let your people practice fortune telling or use sorcery or interpret omens or engage in witchcraft or cast spells or function as mediums or psychics or call forth spirits of the dead. And I think that's definitive. Mm. That is absolutely final in terms of what God has to say to us. We are not to contact the dead. They have departed. They are gone to the other side. We are not to ever try to contact them. Mm. You may recall in the life of King Saul in 1 Samuel chapter 28, where he tried to contact the, the spirit of Samuel, mm. and God was highly, highly displeased with him. He went to the witch of Endor, the medium of Endor, mm. and the wrath of God was poured out on King Saul for his behavior. So it's very important to understand that contacting the dead is wrong. Mm. Now the next question is, if we do get a dream like you described earlier, yes. and the dream comes true, so the dream you had of a potential danger and during the, in your waking hours thereafter, you experience that danger. Somehow you tend to feel that the dream and the, the experience thereafter are true and it comes from a reliable source. Mm. Now I want to say this much. The Bible says that Satan is an angel of light. Mm -hmm. That is an angel of light. He, um, and many people who have contacted fortune tellers, have contacted mediums, um, and sorcerers and so on, or trances or sangomas, they know that there is a measure of truth that they give. Mm. And they're not always wrong. There are times when they are absolutely 100% right. Mm -hmm. Now, the truthfulness of what they say does not make the activity acceptable. Okay? Yeah, Satan, no. <laughs> knows, Satan knows more than we do. He certainly knows more than we do. He's not omniscient. He's not God. Yes. But he knows far more than we do. Mm. So um, when he tells us the truth, it doesn't mean that he is to be sought after, that he's a reliable source. Mm. Okay. Um, how much of time do we have left? Uh, 20 minutes. <laughs> oh, great. Okay. So, so I want to give, give an illustration of this entire thing. Okay, okay. Let's take let, let, let us take a quick break and then we drink water. I turn a new leaf. Uh, yeah, is a leaf right on the book and then we come back we continue with this conversation. Okay, great. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor. That tree is still standing. That tree is still green. But mustard seed, it is not affected by the physical things, by what you see. Because faith, it is not the issues of sight. We don't walk by you sight, but we walk for you to take your testimony out there. Hi, this God has been so good to me. Do you want your sermons or church to reach more people around the world? 
visit our website at www.hopealiveradio.co.za or email info at hopealiveradio for more information on how to submit your 30-minute sermon on Hope Alive Radio. Alternatively, you can call us on 011-976-0600. Hope Alive Radio Station, shaping minds for a better future. The time is actually 18.37. You are not, you, as in you did not click on any other online radio station, but then you are tuned in to Pushing Boundaries with myself, Zanele Zama. So we are actually in conversation with... We're actually in conversation here with uh, Pastor Ivan. We are speaking about dreams. And remember, this is a four-part series on ancestors and Christianity. So now we have brought in the issue of communication. We, sh- we know that Yazid, they speak to us via dreams. Unless if you go and sort them out there by the Sangomas, but then there is that element. So we are actually tackling that. And before we took a break... Um, Pastor Ivan, you were, you, were, you were in the midst of giving us an illustration. And then after that, I'm going to take some uh, comments and voice notes that are coming through on 067-153-1089. Because our listeners, yeah, they have questions and comments. So it's going to be get interesting after your illustration. You can go ahead, say. It's not so much an illustration as, <laughs> as an explanation of what happens. So when... When you go to a medium and a medium calls up the spirit of your ancestor who has passed away, and that ancestor, say, is your uncle and, uh, or your wife, let's, let's take a wife. So you, the husband, you go to the media, uh, medium and you contact your wife. So the mm-hmm. wife has been dead. Now the, the wife is brought up from the dead. And the spirit of your wife through the medium starts to describe in great detail things that only you as the husband would know. Mm. And so that immediately says, you know what, this is true. This is genuine. That is my wife because only she would know these things. Mm -hmm. And so that level of confidentiality proves almost for the husband that it was his wife. In fact, now you have that in many, many situations and people go to the mediums, contact the dead. And as a result, they get, uh, they get feedback from the medium uh, of of the departed ancestor that is the, that is true, mm. and so that almost gives uh, credibility to the medium. Now I want to say how it works from a biblical point of view. Yes, the Bible says when a person dies, they go to heaven if they are believers in the Lord Jesus, if they trust in the Lord Jesus for the forgiveness of their sins, and they trust Him as their Lord and only Him, mm. no other God. They surrender, they worship. Him only. It's not Christ plus ancestors. You cannot have that. Mm. If you have Christ plus ancestors, then it's not Christianity. It's syncretism. Mm. And it's a false form of Christianity. And that means you are not a child of God. Mm. A true child of God worships only Christ. Yes. Now, um, when, you, when you have that situation and the, and the person um, hears the, the truthfulness of this spirit that has come up mm. the question then has to be asked did the spirit come from the dead did yes. that person come back from the grave and talk to them mm. now what more often than not happens is this in uh, cases where the person was an unbeliever a non-christian 
that person in all likelihood was possessed by a demon spirit. And so, as I mentioned to you earlier, we are living in a world that's filled with demon spirits on the one side, and then you've got the kingdom of light where God rules. Mm. So the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light coexist in this world. Mm-hmm. Um, intermingling amongst human beings are spirits, demon yeah. spirits, and then there's angels, the good spirits, and you have this kingdom of darkness and kingdom of light in this world. When a person contacts the dead mm. through a medium, they are not doing what God has said is allowed mm. or permissible. So immediately they are in defiance to the word of God. So that cannot be right. That entire process is wrong. Mm. So if that spirit who comes up from the grave and starts speaking truths that only the person that uh, contacted the medium knows about, then it cannot be from God. Yeah. So what's the likelihood then? Well, what exactly has happened? It means that the demon spirits that possess that human being before they die is now being called upon to bear witness of that person's life. Mm. So as an unbeliever, if you are possessed with demon spirits, all of your regular activities would be known by these demon spirits. Mm. And so when the person that you are possessing dies, you don't go with that person. The Bible says in Luke 11 that you will be looking for another place to stay. And so these demon spirits are still around. So when you, when a person is trying to contact their loved one, these demon spirits are coming forward. It's not their loved one, it's the demon spirits that are coming forward. And all the information that they're providing to their bereaving loved one is the information that they know about the body that they possess, the color of the ties they used to wear, the places they frequented, the foods they liked, and so on. These demon spirits are familiar with all of that. No, I, I, I hear you. Let us take the some comments that have come through here. And then we have one from Anonymous saying, Greetings, uh, great teachings indeed. So if I dream about something and it comes to happen exactly as I have dreamt of, usually those dreams are very disturbing, net, not good at all. My question has nothing to do with ancestors. It is just pure dreams. So this is from Anonymous where when they dream, the dreams actually come true and it's, the dreams are actually quite interesting. No, disturbing. <laughs> Let me take that one. And then we have another number here that came through from Timothy. It says, uh, uh, question for Pastor Ivan, how do you discern the voice of Satan and God? That is from uh, Timothy Krishna. Oh, I think this is your child. <laughs> so how do you discern <laughs> the voice of Satan and God? So can you please answer that one briefly and then we'll take the other ones and a voice note. Um, yeah, so let me answer the question on um, the disturbing dreams first. So if, and this is the great danger, Zanella, if we start living by subjective experiences to guide us in this life, mm-hmm. experiences such as dreams and visions and personal feelings and intuitions, if we start living by those things, then we become very, very nervous and scared because these subjective experiences can go either way. They can be good or bad. And so you live a life of absolute, like the stock exchange. One day you'll be up and one day you'll be down. Mm. And so that kind of uh, volatility in a Christian's life is not what God has intended for us to have. God has intended for us to live a life that is completely 
stable, mm. a life that is firmly rooted and grounded in Christ, as Colossians chapter 2 verse 7 says, rooted in him, built up in him, and established in him. Mm. And that is absolutely critical. Furthermore, um, if we live by these personal, subjective intuitions, then we are going to be cut off, in a sense, from the word of God and the promises that God gives to us in his word. Mm. And the word of God is absolutely clear. And I want to say this again, and forgive my uh, repetition. I want to say this again. If you place your personal experiences above the word of God, mm. then you are putting yourself in great danger mm. because you are not sure what the source of those voices are. Whereas if you place your confidence on the word of God, you can, you can lay your life down. You can be absolutely confident mm. that the word of God is the voice of God. Okay. Mm. So I want to read, I want to read for you and for those who are scared, scared of voices, scared of spirits, scared of dreams, disturbing um, dreams that they may be having and scared of the outcomes. I want to make very clear something to them. Mm. They need to understand their position in Christ. They need to understand who they are, who they, who they are in Christ, their identity in Christ. Mm. And I will read two passages of scripture just to make the point clear. The first one is found in John chapter 10, verse 27. John 10, verse 27. And I will encourage the whoever's listening mm -hmm. to take the personal pronouns, I and my, mm -hmm. um, and you, and to put their names in this as a promise from God's word. This is what it says. So I'm going to try and put your names, Daniela, in yeah, this. It's okay. It says in John 10, verse 27, it says, um, my sheep, that would be Zanella. Zanella mm -hmm. hears my voice. This is mm -hmm. the Lord Jesus. And I know Zanella and yes. she follows me. Right? Mm. I will give Zanella eternal life mm. and she will never perish. Now listen to the next part. No one, no one, that includes every created thing from mm. angels to demons to Satan, no force in the universe there's absolutely nothing. There's no circumstances, no experiences, not death, not um, um, big bullies that we experience. No one is able to snatch Zanella out of my hands. Mm. Verse 29, my father who has given Zanella to me mm. is greater than all. And no one is able to snatch Zanella out mm. of my father's hands. Mm. I and my father are one. All right, if you don't live by that promise, Zanella, you are going to be victim to every whim and fancy, every voice, every subjective, intuitive experience, and it's not going to be healthy for your Christian life. Mm. The Lord Jesus has spoken authoritatively, definitively on this. You are in his hand. As a believer, you are in his hand. Nobody has the right, the power to snatch you out. In yes. other words, nobody can touch you mm. without God's permission. Mm -hmm. Okay. Right, that's, so That's the first one. If you yes. want, I can read you another one, but we can stop there for now. Okay. Before we take the question from um, 
Who's that person? Anthony, I think. <laughs> I forgot. Before we take that question in terms of um, distinguishing between the voice of God and the voice of Satan, let me quickly take this voice note and then we're going to club them together because I can see the messages are trickling in and yeah, our time is running very fast. Ooh, we needed two hours for this. So let's take the voice note and then you're going to answer two questions for us. Mazama, uh, I think uh, personally, uh, when it's coming to dreams, God uses, uh, 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 when it's coming to communication, God uses uh, everything to communicate with us. Uh, uh, hence, if you remember, uh, when Balaam uh, uh, was going to destroy the, the children of God or kill, God uses a donkey. So when it's coming to uh, the dreams, if I dream about my late father, my thinking is that God can communicate to me using the image of my of my of my father because uh if he can bring a stranger will i take the message uh, serious and if i and if he bring an angel on the dream will i not be scared i think he uses everything that can be able to relay the message to me at the level where i understand it i think that's when it's coming to dream that's that's my understanding so land Thank you there. So, Pastor, yeah, the time, yeah, we have we have seven minutes <laughs> and we have another text. So let me let me lo- so let's um, club these two together. How do we discern the voice of God and the voice of Satan? And as well, I think what Sukulen, well, the way I'm getting it, God can use the face of the departed to speak to us. Is that possible, though? Um, yeah, so in the Bible, you have many examples of God speaking in dreams. In Old Testament, God spoke to Joseph. In New Testament, he spoke to Mary, he spoke to Solomon. So there's many examples of God speaking to his saints in dreams, and that is not uh, uncommon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say that the closer you walk with God, the closer your relationship and fellowship with God is through studying his word, through prayer, through the fellowship of the saints, uh, the clearer and more confidence you can have in those dreams. Mm. But I will make this disclaimer. If you, if you do not understand New Testament theology, if you do not understand what God has done for you on the cross, if you do not know the person of the Lord Jesus in his divinity, in his humanity, if you do not understand the work he has done to save you, to rescue you, the great extent that he went to to save you out of sin and the consequences of sin, if you do not understand that, then I would say be reticent, be reluctant to go by dreams and other uh, voices that you would hear. Mm -hmm. Rather, first get stuck into the New Testament, understand what God is is saying as objective truth, Mm -hmm. as the standard of truth. Then once you have that firmly established in your heart and you understand the truths of God, of man, of sin, of hell, of demons, if you understand all of that from the New Testament, then all other subjective experiences will become clearer to you. And the chances of you being misled will be far smaller. Mm. How do you differentiate between the voice of God and the voice of Satan? I think that's a fantastic question. Um, the voice of God will always bring glory to the Lord Jesus. Mm. When the Spirit of God speaks to us, and the Spirit of God speaks to us, and that's the source. He is the source of all voices to us um, in subjectively. And then objectively, you have the Word of God. So the combination of the Word of God and the Spirit of God 
will become the word of God subjectively to us, the voice of God to us. The voice of God to us will always bring glory to Christ. It is always Christocentric, always mm. Christ honoring. Any voice that is um, given to us that elevates you, that allows you to become, to live in the flesh, to, to, um, to, ex to make you to go back to your life of sin, that's certainly not the voice of God. So the voice of God in the New Testament will be consistent with a Christ-honoring, Christ-glorified, and a sanctified life. Mm -hmm. so the voice of God that will look to edify other people, to elevate other people, giving honor, as Romans 12 says, in preference of other people over yourself. So anything inconsistent with that kind of thinking. So it is Christ-honoring, it is self-effacing, it is honoring and, and lifting up other people. It is building up the body of Christ. It is encouraging and motivating you to live a more self-disciplined life and a, a Christ-honoring life. Then you know it is the voice of God. Mm -hmm. Anything that encourages and motivates you to live in the, in the flesh and to elevate yourself above others is certainly not from God. Mm. Okay. Thank you there. Anything that elevates you is not from God. Okay. So the, I think this is going to be <laughs> our last text that came through on 067 It's from Anonymous. It says, um, how does a Christian stop dreams? I used to get dreams, but usually messages of what is to happen. Uh, for example, when my uncle's wife had a miscarriage, I dreamt of her in a funeral eating fruits. A few weeks later, she had a miscarriage. For a few years, they stopped, but they are back now. They are not pleasant. Is there a way I can stop them? And I have a list of these dreams that actually happened, but I, I don't want them at all. And then the person says, please add uh, please add this. As a child, the adults used to say I should be a sangoma, but I chose the Lord. Happily so. I just want the dreams to stop. So, Pastor Ivan, as you are wrapping up here, can we stop these dreams? How do we stop these dreams? I would question the motivation of that person who wants to stop the dreams. Mm. If God has called you to, um, to be an edification to other people mm. and dreams might be the way that he helps you to build up other people. And even though I've been saying all along that it's important that we elevate the word of God over subjective experiences like dreams, mm -hmm. I will also say that certain people have been given certain gifts and one gift might be to receive gift, dreams from God and to share that message with others. Mm. Now, um, so to answer the question that was posed, I would question why the person wants to stop the dreams. Mm. Do they, is that a sign that they want to be unfaithful to God or disobedient to God? Mm. And that is wrong. We need to be faithful. If God has called us to share messages that he gives to us in dreams and visions, we need to be able to do that. Mm. The second part is, how do we go about doing that? And I would, this is where I would express some con caution. Mm. If I was given the gift of, say, dreams and interpretation of dreams to people, I would always say to them, I am... I'm, uh, I'm absolutely sure because God has confirmed this in his word or he has confirmed it in some other way, or I'm not totally sure. So there's always that element of uncertainty. And I think as a, as a Christian, you need to be honest, mm -hmm. transparent enough to say, I had this dream about you. I would express caution if it's a dream of danger. I would ex express caution. Perhaps God is speaking to you, but I cannot be totally and 100% uh, accurate mm. that this is what God is saying. It may be my own thoughts. 
you know, I've been thinking about you a lot. And so I ended up dreaming about you. So that that's a possibility. Mm -hmm. um, and so you always want to throw into the to the dreams a measure of of um, uncertainty that is your own subjective experience. Mm -hmm. No, thank you. I think this this is a comment that we're going to close with. Uh, it's from Temba. He says, I forgot the, the scripture, the one that says the dead have nothing left for them. There's nothing left for the death on uh, the dead on earth. Based on that, how do ancestors then communicate with us if they have nothing left on earth? With that, Pastor Ivan, thank you for your teachings. Uh, my notebook is full. I, I'm very much sure you're going to be back because you're such a great teacher of the word. I even had to go fetch my Bible so I can <laughs> open as you are saying, as you are giving us the scriptures. Do you have any closing words, any closing remarks in terms of dreams, in terms of ancestors? And what is it that we should do as Christians? Yeah, I think, how many minutes do I have? Let me ask that. Uh, one minute. <laughs> okay, first of all, ancestral worship is not consistent with the Bible. It is wrong. Yes. <clears throat> to, remember, to remember our loved ones who have passed away is not wrong. Mm. To remember them is good. We need to have good fond memories of them. But to worship them, to call upon them is absolutely wrong. Mm. Thirdly, I want to say we need to know who we are in Christ. Christ is unrivaled in his authority in his power he is the sovereign of the universe mm. if you belong to the lord jesus if you are in his hand as his child there is no force in the universe that could ever attack you mm. no dream no danger no demon could ever ever attack you mm. you need to trust in him the cross of the lord jesus is efficacious the lord's sacrifice on the cross was powerful for those of us who are struggling with this issue, turn to the Lord Jesus. Start reading your New Testament. Read your New Testament and do not stop until God confirms your place mm. of power and strength in him, your identification with the Lord Jesus. We love those who are involved in all of these ancestral worship, but we don't love what they do. Mm. We want to win them to Christ and Christ can give them victory over the fear and the, the bondage that they are in, they mm. can find complete deliverance. Yeah, that was the, 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 this hour flew very, very, very quick, and it was a very teachable uh, hour. Thank you so much, uh, Pastor Ivan. Thank you for your insights. Thank you for your knowledge. And I do hope that you're going to come back very soon so that we can continue on uh, these uh, conversations because I, I, yeah, I'm repeating, you are a very good teacher of the word. So thank you so much uh, for allowing us to speak to you this evening. You are listening to Hope Alive, streaming live from Hope Restoration Ministries, Kempton Park, South Africa.